Welcome to our newest adventure for first responder wellness. No one fights alone. In-depth conversations about mental health and culture in the first responder space. We're joined by your co-hosts, Austin Pedersen and Brad Shepard. Austin Pedersen, Brad Shepard, back again. Buddy, it's been a while since we've done one of these. Uh, it's probably been at least a month. I was gone forever. You've been traveling. You know, it just didn't, the schedules didn't align. No, the the stars were out of alignment to get you and I back together. We have maintained our regularly scheduled format of interviews, but, you know, we do these impromptu for the listeners out there. Uh, when we have space and time, we, Austin and I jump on and spend a little bit of time just chit-chatting and to date it's been well received we've gotten some feedback from you all thank you for the feedback that you give us that uh you enjoy these so we're going to try to pull one off today well rob d stepped in you know rob d stepped in and did a good job people love rob d what the hell i don't understand it. they love that guy it's a good thing we got him that mic right and by the way rob's sister who listens to this uh podcast faithfully religiously uh sent me a book uh after one of the uh conversations rob and i had it was so nice it was so nice of her and i was an asshole i i got this package in the mail and you know i i'm a book buyer so i randomly get these books in the mail and i got her book but took it out of the package and then threw the package away come to find out there was a note a really nice note she wrote in the package and i threw <laughs> I trashed it. What a shitty person you are. You know, that's uh, a little bit all the love and care bit. in the world. And right. No, that's a good story, at least. Well, hopefully she at least like uh texted it to you or emailed the message. She did. So Amory, thank you so much for the note and the and the book. And uh but yeah, Rob, Rob stepped in for you, bro. Uh I don't think we've had one of these since you went on vacation. Like you took a couple weeks and no. did a little uh did a little out of country visit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 10 hour flights that uh, were miserable. Um, but it was one of those things where it's like, once you get there, it's worth it. Right. To like truly disconnect. And this is the first time. Oh, in five years that I like truly disconnected myself from my phone and email and text message. I still responded to text messages because that's the nature of the beast. But we were so far off timeline wise like i was eight hours ahead that uh, a majority of the texts i couldn't even answer because they were at like you know four o'clock and it's midnight there and i'm old and uh i was asleep so <laughs> it was really nice to step away from a minute it it took like like three or four days of so what i would do which i highly recommend anybody who's addicted to their phone the way that i am and uh, my addiction is that I'm checking emails and not, it's not social media as much, but text messages, phone calls, emails, voicemails. I left my phone in the hotel room a majority of the time. And just, if I needed a phone, I would just use Sammy's. How long were, did it take for you to like disconnect mentally and let yourself relax from the phone? Oh man. Uh, the first three days were really tough. The next three days were probably getting used to it a little bit. I mean, like the ghost phone feeling, if you have the ghost vibrate, if you ever have had that, that's a real thing where like you check your pockets because you feel like something's vibrating and you don't even have your phone on you. Um, it, I would say it took a week. 
like realistically, it took a week. And I had to fill that with, I, I brought a couple of books um, and we, we obviously did a bunch too. Um, but uh, that that's what did it was when I could disconnect and read, right? And like actually pay attention to the book that I was reading and get engaged in something different than the phone. Yeah, that's a really, that's a good gauge. That's a lot of the reason why I do read. I spend a lot of time in the book. Um, Ben, Ben's got me on some uh, suggested reading for work, and uh, I really my my solace lies in just pleasure reading some fictional stuff. And so, well, that's great, man. So the trip was a success. Had a great time. Saw a lot. Saw lots of cool places. Yeah, but you know, it's one of those. Well. First off, I got to walk my mom down the aisle, which as a person in recovery, um, that's a that's a really cool experience. Like they to even be asked to be a part of that and be with family and that that whole experience right there was worth everything. I got my sister robbed at the same time, which was fun. I left the, the rental car open and her iPhone got <laughs> stolen. Um, so, you know, can't have any good without the bad. You're welcome. Uh, but. I was so happy to get home. Like two weeks away is a long time. And then when you're living out of a suitcase and you're in a different country, you just get like, you get tired of like having to go out and eat for every meal. You, like the interactions, like being in a strange place that's uncomfortable. It, it, uh, it gets old after like 10 days. Sure. So the last four days, you're just like, I don't want to do anything. I just want to like chill. And then I want to go home. Hey, did you run into any like traveling trouble, like passport? I mean, no, not this time. I have before traveling, um, but I would say that every flight was late. Like every single flight was late by multiple hours. Um, I don't know why, like we boarded late. You waited in the area late, like the flight was late landing. My sister lost her bags and her, her husband, um, their bags didn't make it all the way to Spain. So there, there was definitely some troubles, but not on our end. We got lucky. I'm, I'm a hardcore Delta flyer and they fly, uh, American, nothing against American, but, um, it seems to be happening more with those airlines and it does happen with Delta too. Don't get me sure. wrong. But, no, I'm with you we got lucky. Like really we got lucky and especially we got lucky said that we didn't bring the passports when, uh, the car got robbed. Like that was, that could have been bad. Well, I, uh, I usually end up sitting next to somebody fairly large. My most recent travel was sitting next to a older gentleman. He was very slim, but he elbow winged out. Like he was 350 pounds and put his elbow in my ribs. I, I don't really don't know why. Um, and that was, uh, that was coming back from, uh, LA, that most recent trip coming back from LA. And, uh, man, just, it seems like people traveling are just anxious at best and angry at kind of a norm. Like just, just, there's just people just angry all the time. They're pissed off about something. I mean, it, this that guy. I, I finally told him. I said, "You're moving your elbow, or I'm going to move it for you." 
I, I was just real nice about it. He said, you don't have to be that way. I said, I didn't start this, but I will finish it. <laughs> That's fair. You know, I think there's, there's like an anxiety level. I mean, I think first off, I don't know how many people are, how like the people that are flying are flying because it is insanely expensive, like insanely expensive to, to travel at all. You can't get cheap flights and they're all full. Like that was the crazy thing. Like our flight from Salt Lake to France was there wasn't one seat left in that flight. That's a 10 hour flight. And I think, don't get me wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure that flight was over a thousand dollars. Wow. And we didn't have like special seats or any, nothing. We didn't have any of that. Like it was, it was just, you know, regular boarding, all that kind of stuff and in coach. And, uh, yeah, it was miserable. I mean, okay, hot topic here real quick while we're talking about this. What is your opinion on people pulling their seat back on flights? Uh, you mean like hitting the button and leaning in the back? Is that what you're yeah. referencing? I'm, yes. not, I'm not a big fan, but I, I kind of, I keep, you know, I mentally work through that. Okay, I feel like you're in my space, but I'm going to, you know, breathe and be present and read. I, I, but I'm not a big fan. I don't do that personally. I do not move my seat. I don't do it. Okay. Okay. I knew I liked you. first <laughs> off, Cause that will tell me a lot about a person because on the way back, we flew from Barcelona to uh, Amsterdam and nice flight, two hour flight, something like that. 10 hour flight from Amsterdam to Salt Lake city, direct flight, the entire, and we're in, we're in coach, the normal seats, the entire 10 hour flight, the dude in front of me leaned his seat back the entire flight did not move it up once not to eat, not. And I was furious. Like, I've never been un more uncomfortable. Like, they're already pretty close together. I know they say that, like, the the long flights, there's more room. They're real not for me. I'm 6'3". Um, I, I couldn't stand it. And by the end of the flight, my legs were completely numb. I couldn't get up. I couldn't walk. And I don't move my seat back either on people. And... It's because of that. Like when he when he moved up his seat, he didn't even move it up to land, which he was supposed to. And I had to tap him and tell him to move his seat up. When he moved his seat up, I had never felt so much more space <laughs> in my life. Which is probably only a few inches. But yeah, it was yeah, like three inches or something like that. But it's that bubble. I think I feel like it's that perceived bubble that you're in. Uh, yeah, and they're and they're infringing on your butt. It's a pretty small bubble anyway, on a flight. Yeah. And yeah, when they start leaning back, I I get a little anxious. Yeah, I'm with you. Try for ten hours. Ten hours, man. I sorry, we're bringing up. Uh, this is the I don't get angry very often, but I was. I'm like, why do they even have these? Like, you can't like. You don't get that much more room by leaning back. And if you're sleeping or something like that, okay, maybe like I'll I'll let it pass, but when it's 10 hours straight. Oh, yeah. You know, one of the funniest Rough. stories still I can recall, uh speaking of personal space, I 
I was waiting to board a flight. I kind of, I stay, oh, you know, I try to stay away from people a little bit just because I know what's fixing to occur. And I was standing at the end of, uh, I was walking towards a group of chairs that were the whole entire row of probably 10 chairs was empty. And I was walking over there towards them. And I hadn't really decided yet whether I was going to sit down or just stay standing for a while because I was needing to stretch my legs. This older guy comes rushing furiously and sits down as, as I'm walking up towards the end of this row, this very last seat. It was like he was playing a game of musical chairs and he sat down really fast in this end seat that was right in front of me. Like I was already there. I, it was so awkward. I ended up taking a picture of it. It, it obviously didn't bother him, but his body space, I just stayed there because it was so awkward. And I thought this is this because he was seated and I was standing, which placed the awkwardness at a very weird level. And I took a picture of it and it was so incredibly crazy of how unusual this person actually was this behavior pattern of why are you doing what you're doing just to come over and take a space. Somehow you wanted this seat and there was 10 others down the row. I'll have to show you the picture sometime or show the listeners sometime because the pic, I still have that picture. It, it, it wow. is people do. There's some strange people out there, man. So my therapist a long time ago gave me some great relationship advice. And they said, whenever you think about marrying someone, long-term relationship, anything like that, travel with them. Mm. Because anyone, like if you're talking in the first year, right? Like people can hide some weird quirks and things like that. Like when you are first dating, like that's pretty normal. I think most people do it. I, I think I've done it. You've probably done it. Like just weird little things that you might think someone else thinks is weird. All of those things come out when you travel. Like the, the real person comes out when you travel, like the lack, there's a lot of lack of uh, like awareness um, surrounding people that are at airports and things like that. And, like I know it's a place of no rules and you can have a beer at 6 a.m. and nobody will look at you differently or, or anything like that, but it's it's telling, right? Well, it's, like, a, it's, it's surprisingly a... telling on how, like, people's hygiene is. Like, uh, there's normally I another weird thing they, that my therapist was telling me is, like, people take less showers. They brush their teeth less. All of the stuff that they do when they travel is, is how they are really at home. Like it, it blew my mind. What they travel with and what they dress, how they dress when they travel. It's just the, all the, the whole totality of it is just so unusual. The lack of preparation or the over preparation, you know, bringing, yeah, it's, it's of course I'm a people watcher anyway. I enjoy, Same. I, I enjoy Same. just sitting down and watching. If I have a couple hours, I'll just sit and, Find a spot to watch people and well, very telling. It's like the dude, yeah, the dude who, when we were on, on our flight to France, he took his shoes off and put them up on the mic. He had like a, <laughs> it was like the difference between comfort or economy plus or whatever yeah. to the general seats. So he had that little wall and he took it, him and the person next to him took their shoes off and put their feet on the little wall. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, that is so gross. Like, leave your shoes on. 
I had a lady sitting behind me on the window seat one time put her bare foot up and wedge it in between, you know, the exterior of the plane and my chair on my armrest. And I, gross. I you know, gr- <laughs> exactly gross. Like, who, yeah. who do you think you're assuming that somebody's going to be okay with that? Whoever's sitting in front of you. It, uh, yeah, all manner of weirdness and craziness. So in any event, I'm glad you're back, bro. I, uh, it, uh, I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad you got to take a break. I'm glad you're back. And man, you, we, you came back and we have been hitting it hard with this, uh, Chateau health and wellness rebrand and tallying up. We have so many great things happening with the with the chateau i'm uh love love your vision danny's ben's yours vision and direction for all this so great but we have been working our ass off yeah i mean i'm excited first off i'm gonna get real close to the camera there uh we have dropped our merch i am currently for those that are seeing it on social media or anything like that you're seeing the hat that we have created the uh no one fights alone podcast um, support hat. Uh, if you can check it out on our website and and uh, help us get more merch and help us, uh, you know, donate proceeds to those needing help with mental health. Um, there's a few different nonprofits, obviously, that we've had on here that we have, you know, that we can um, donate money to help first responders and their loved ones get into treatment. So I'm super excited about that, um, but. At the same time, you're right, man. We've been doing a lot of new stuff. I mean, it it is dropping into 2024. I really do think that like the landscape of of mental health and substance abuse and I mean everything is is changing uh, dramatically. And it's whether we can keep up with the times and make sure that we do everything clinically, medically, everything like that. That's more of the new age, up to date, you know, processes and. Um, part of that is turning away from, you know, primary substance abuse treatment into real PTSD treatment, mental health. And with that comes, uh, a little bit of a change from Chateau recovery to Chateau health and wellness. I mean, that is the idea behind, uh, what we're doing. It's been the idea of what we're doing for the last couple of years, but we just didn't you know, put it into the name itself. But I mean, that comes with a new mission statement that comes with a new, you know, brand name that comes with, you know, just, uh, I mean, we don't have to do a a ton different clinically or medically. We've already been doing that, but we're just trying to make it a little more. Well, let's just be clear. I mean, this, this is, uh, the podcast has been six. I don't know the hugely successful is the right framework for it, but it's been very, very successful. I'm shocked at the amount of downloads and our listeners. Thank you so much for listening uh, because we we have a great time doing this. We have such great guests on here. And, and uh, uh, but the but the reality is that uh, no one fights alone podcast that is not truly solely about Chateau or the Chateau's um, internal house mission. But this is a vision from. Danny and Ben and you, you Austin, to 
exemplify this outward expression of Chateau, Chateau Health and Wellness, which is the rebrand. This is an outward extension. And this No One Bites Alone podcast is a big piece of this. This is, this is hey, we want to do something good back to the community of first responders and veterans. And this is our little way of doing it. And to date, it's been great. And, and to the point of the No One Fights Alone podcast merch, the, uh, the logo's fixing to get stood up on the website. It's not quite there yet. So if you're listening and you're, you're not seeing the hat, let me just be clear. It's a, it's a new logo. It is, it is so cool. It's a badass logo. Uh, hats, uh, and you can go on the, uh, the website and look at the merch, um, yeah. and, uh, check out the new logo. So it's a new logo. And, um, for those of you that are listening and not seeing, but, uh, yeah, this, this rebranding, uh, includes the no outward expression of, of Chateau of what we're doing, the, the training and the giving back to this community and doing presentations, uh, externally and. Uh, it's pretty exciting. Like, I, I, I don't know if we've had this conversation before, but like, I'm a, a huge believer in, in karma, um, you know, do the right thing, right things happen. Right. And, um, I do believe that a lot of the blessings that we've had here on the podcast and Chateau and all of those kind of things, a majority of them are due to putting, external things aside and doing what's right internally for people, for clients, for, for all that kind of stuff. Right. Like that's, that's my firm belief. And that's kind of the way I've tried to live my life, uh, the last eight years, nine years. And, um, it's the same, same belief that Ben, Daniel, you know, they all have. Right. And like, that's, that's, what you need in today's world. I mean, the world's not getting nicer. That that's for sure. That's one of the great things I enjoy about Chateau. Uh, is this, if not probably the greatest attribute that I enjoy about Chateau is this philosophical viewpoint of, uh, you know, obviously not here to lose money, but this greatest, the greatest mission is to serve this community. Are we doing it well and with integrity? And, and that stuff I can get on board with. And I think it shows with things like, you know, the trainings that we're providing, then this podcast and, uh, the outward expression of, of doing good work, uh, externally. Um, I think it, I think every little bit shows and yeah, yeah, your, your philosophical viewpoint on karma, you get back what you put into it. I am a firm believer in that. Well, and then also like, you got to think like, you know, the goal behind this and, and everything else is, uh, to improve people's health, give them resources, happier, healthier people. But one thing that you got to keep in mind, and we're doing this with the podcast, we do this at Chateau is if, if we're not getting something right, like if we're, our episodes aren't having the impact that we hoped, or, you know, even Chateau's not having the impact that it hopes the reality is something that's really cool is there is no Ben calls it sacred cows, right? Like I think it's mm-hmm. more of like an ego thing um, personally, but there's nothing attached to that. Right. And so if, if we're doing something wrong, then we change it. Right. Like that's, that's also how a lot of these like fortune 500 companies think and all of that kind of stuff too, which is like, you have to go with the new age era. And if you are stuck in 
whatever you believed worked five, 10, 15 years ago, then you will never end up succeeding. Like, and, 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 but at the same time, right. When you adapt something new that you think is going to work and you're so gung ho about it and it doesn't, you gotta be able to let it go. Right. You're not tied that's, into one. That's tougher. Yeah. That, that is tougher. I think in, in the mental health field, cause like you're building something like in the real, in all reality, this is, this has been in Dan, Danny's clinical medical idea of, and, and obviously, uh, evidence-based right like there's there's a lot of research that goes into it no no ideas are new anymore um that's just the world we live in right everything's been thought of it's just how you implement it but there are things that work and things that don't and yeah i i uh i just think it's a really exciting time for chateau uh in, in all facets and specifically you know this podcast it's an exciting time for uh, uh the no one fights alone podcast because we're you know, we're closing out the year. Uh, we're starting to wind down a little bit. We're going to take a little break and then and uh, open up with another season. Uh, we we had an absolute fabulous year. I, I feel like you and I need to get together on one of these, uh, probably on a closeout and just, just hit some highlights. But I, I've even thought about that already a couple of times. I don't know how you start highlighting uh, because we had so many great, guests and interviews i'm not sure how you highlight all those we may have to take a couple episodes to do that uh but uh you know we're we're coming on the close of the close of the year and the close of the season and um getting ready for uh next month will be holidays we're just a few days away from uh the month of thanksgiving and we're uh we're wrapping up 2023 and prepping for 24 and I'm excited for that. But now it's time, before we wrap this episode, uh, it is time for the buddy check of, for everybody, uh, The I call it the Great Depression every year, um, just because seasonal depression is a real thing. Uh, I see it all over the place, especially in those places that get a little colder. Be ready for it, you know? Like there's, it, now is the time to think about maybe how you react differently to some of those things, how you react differently to staying inside or the cold or preparing yourself for the winter in seasonal depression. I know I suffer from it. If I allow myself to become a little bit stagnant personally and physically, like the great depression sets in for sure. You know, that's such a great point and I'm glad you're bringing it up. Cause I don't, I think there's uh, this is the timeliness is this is really good. Uh, because this is a good time to start prepping for that. You know, if you're a, uh, if you're a reader, uh, or if you're an active person or you're, uh, you're, you know, you're trend maybe toward the isolation, you can start prepping for some of these things, uh, and, and even have some, some check-in, some battle buddy, uh, or maybe see even some accountability, uh, people and say, Hey, I'm, this is, this is what I generally do. And then I'd appreciate you calling and checking on me if you don't hear from me in three or four days and that's, I, man, what a great idea. What a great idea. Yeah. And look, there's no shame in it, right? Like that's, that's a big thing. I think a lot of people are shamed by depression because, um, they feel like, you know, they are weighing their loved ones down. Um, and they don't want to do that. Uh, that's a huge misnomer I think is, um, they're afraid to talk about what's going on uh, because they don't want to be a burden, 
right? They, they view themselves as a burden when they're in depression. And I even had to explain this to my own family member uh, recently. We were talking about a friend of ours and she's gotten older and she's retired. She's got some injuries. Uh, she hasn't been able to really take care of herself in the same way. Um, gaining weight, sleeping a lot, all of the signs of depression. And for somebody in my family that knows, I mean, they watched it with me uh, and we talk about it pretty openly. I even had to remind them of like, hey, this person is going through some, like they're not showering, they're not brushing their teeth, they're not taking care of them. When do you think that is? Like that's, it's called depression. Like take a look at that before you just call somebody and this didn't happen, but I think it does happen. You know, you're like, man, they're so lazy or they're, they're not motivated to do anything. You know, what's going on with them. They smell, you know, whatever it is, right? Like that's, that's when those buddy checks come in of like, you doing okay. Like, do you need something? Remind people that they're not a burden. Well, let me just ask you a personal question there. What, uh, you know, cause you're, you're a little bit unique because you're a Cali boy. You're a SoCal boy that, uh, you know, has ended up in Utah so the, probably the enhancement of weather and, uh, you know, climate, uh, change with going to Utah probably enhances or increases the propensity for that, uh, to show up. What are some things that you do to take care of yourself when you, when you feel that coming on or when oh, you're yeah. in it? So, yeah, I mean, I didn't have that growing up first off. I did not know what seasonal depression was. Coldest it got where I grew up was maybe 40 ish, but no snow. It would rain in the winter. Um, so seasonal depression was much, much different. Um, and I didn't have it. And it, I also didn't have it the first couple of years that I was here because I was actually working down south and I was working outside in the, in the winter. And I, I do think when you were, and not granted, it's freezing and I was miserable and I hated it, but there wasn't that same depression kind of being stuck inside um, that feeling because I was outside. So this is really actually a newer thing for me. It's been about the last five years, first three years. I didn't do anything about it. Like it would just suck. I would just, you know, like work through it. Um, November is a really tough, uh, tough month for me too, as well. That's when my brother passed away. So it would kind of mm. couple and pile up into that. And I would just, um, kind of sit with it last Sure. Last year and the year before, the yeah. year before last was really bad. Um, like the, you know, I was finding things to be upset about basically and, you know, not leaving my house and, um, and I learned from that. And so the last two years, what's really happened is there's some dumb things that I do that, that really helped me, um, First off, I will read more in the winter, uh, audiobooks, things like that. For me, this is going to sound terrible, but I get tattooed in the wintertime. <laughs> now, I think there's a lot of people on here that can understand this portion. Um, and it's probably a little bit sick in the head, but like, it's good to feel alive. From A tattoo helps you make you feel alive. Like whether it's, you know, some people it's really painful. Other people it's not kind of in the middle there, but. It uh, is something to look forward to, and it reinvigorates some some system stuff for me. Uh, and uh, it is also when I tend to work out more, actually, because I have less 
less to do. Uh, so there's no golf for me. There's no getting outside. So I, I will hit the gym more. Um, and it's a time that you get to spend with your family. I know a lot of people are like, fuck, I got to, you know, holidays, things like that. If you can change your mindset into, which is difficult, family is very difficult. Um, but if you can change your mindset to, I get to spend time with my family, that changes a lot. Oh, 100%. Not a ton of things. Yeah, not a ton of things, but those things all help, right? Like tattoos have helped the most. And I and I say it in like a sick way because most people are like, oh, I, you know, you got to earn your tattoos and you, you know, it's pain to feel alive. And I guess there's some sense of that, but that's not my intention behind it, if that makes sense. Well, I think there's a variety of things there. And, and, and uh, you hit on something that really I relate to. I, you know, I grew up dairy kid farm kid uh so there, we didn't have the option of staying inside we were out in it every day and i i feel like that is ingrained in me a little bit i i make sure i get out um i don't know that i've if i've experienced it i didn't know it uh but you know i think another philosophy is adhering to the you know the jocko willink and david goggins philosophy of you know push yourself to go do something hard every day what is that uh, and you're, you know, Joe Rogan even talks about that, that, uh, you know, do something, do something hard. Joe Rogan talks about making sure he works out in the morning so that he is satisfied with his day. Like he is proud of himself when he starts his day, which that's a great philosophy. I, I work out in the afternoons, but I, you know, there's something to be said for, you know, really leaning into the hard stuff and forcing yourself through discipline and willpower to, but, but at the same time, you know, the, the stuff you're talking about, it's not a matter of willpower. Depression, that's a, that's a unique animal. Uh, willpowering yourself through depression is not, is not a good answer. Well, sometimes there's, I mean, sometimes it's chemical imbalance, right. man. Like sometimes right. it really is chemically and medical, medically necessary for you to get something looked at. Uh, I always say this. Uh, I, when I suffered through my depressions, uh, I did get on antidepressants i have no problem saying that am i off of them now yes but at the time that is what i needed and it worked wonderfully did i need to stay on them no and i don't think people need to stay on them their whole life unless they need to like right it's case by case basis you you may need to there's nothing wrong with that but also at the same time there's no shame in getting on them if that is something you need to do sure well i think it's a good heads up and this uh we might even next time try to try to drill down on some things that, uh, some activities, maybe, maybe pull some things. And, and this would be a great opportunity for the listeners. If, if there's things that you do, uh, we'd love to hear from you, uh, put it in our social media, uh, DMS or, or drop us a line on the website. Uh, love to hear from you. What are some things that you do, uh, to keep yourself healthy and, uh, in good mental, physical, spiritual conditioning, uh, during the hard months of winter when, uh, when you're all locked up, man, I think that's a good place to wrap up. I think this I is, uh, this has been a great beautiful. conversation and, uh, I love doing these things with you, man. This is, uh, this is always a lot of fun to you and I get together and just bullshit for a little bit and, uh, glad, uh, glad we're back on track, even though we're probably going to close out the season here pretty quick. Uh, this is, this is good. Be back in the saddle. Yeah. 
episode uh, 75 just released last week. Can't believe it's been 75. So, yeah, thanks to everyone who's been listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Be safe. Chateau Health and Wellness is a 16-bed treatment facility nestled in the foothills of the Wasatch Mountains in Midway, Utah. Chateau's first responder resiliency program is designed to treat the unique challenges and issues that first responders encounter in the course of their careers. Chateau's comprehensive and highly individualized approach to treatment addresses more than just the presenting issues. It addresses the why. Each of their seasoned, trauma-trained, and culturally competent therapists utilize evidence-based, specialized therapies to treat trauma at its core and enable clients to begin the healing process while developing a resilient and healthy relationship with stress. Chateau Health and Wellness is trusted by departments and agencies from around the country to treat responders and veterans. In fact, it is one of only a handful of facilities nationwide that is vetted and approved to treat members of the Fraternal Order of Police. For more information or to speak to a representative, go to ChateauRecovery.com or call 888-507-5031.